Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And ahoy, I'm the comic hunter, but you could call me Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode 45. Welcome. A Hero Story is a podcast all about comic books. We talk everything from comic book movies to comic books themselves, comic book animation, comic book video games. You name it, we probably talk about. The comics we cover are from mostly DC, some Marvel. We're picking up more Marvel as we go and probably... As, as the podcast has advanced, we've picked up more Marvel, and that'll, that trend will probably continue. Uh, modern Marvel yeah. has been getting better, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Can, uh, we start yeah. with the news of the week. We cover any news that happened, any nerdy news, and then we move on to the comics of the week where we talk about the comics. We rate them out of 10 and just like a brief overview. And then uh, we usually do a character of the week. This week's character of the week will be Catwoman. Our character of the week will be Lois Lane, uh, who played a big part in today's Batman issue, and she played a role in today's Superman issue. So, yeah, Lois Lane. And we'll start with the news of the week, as we always do. So that's Hunter's section. So, Hunter, take on the news. Uh, first, I will just say the comics of the week that we'll be talking about after the news will be uh, Detective Comics issue 1001, Batman number 68, The Batman Who Laughs number 4, Justice League Odyssey number 8, Superman number 10, The Flash number 68, and we might briefly mention here and there Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man number 19. Sorry. So yeah, there were more comics that came out this week that we did not get to read yet. I still have a few of them, such as, let's see, uh, Red Hood Outlaw number 33. Haven't read it yet, but I hear good things. So yeah, we'll start off with the news of the week, uh, starting with live action news. Hawkeye will be getting his own Disney Plus streaming service series, and Jeremy Renner will be starring in it. No word on whether this takes place after Endgame or if it's a prequel series or not, but there's rumors going on that it will be about him training Kate Bishop to be the next Hawkeye. Now, Kate Bishop is the next Hawkeye in the comics, so... Not not his daughter in the comics there. Completely separate. Though it looks like, I mean, this is just uh, rumors in the trailer that it is going to be his daughter, but... So, in the comics, not his daughter. I confirmed that uh, when we talked about it that day. <laughs> so maybe it'll be like Kate Barton, I guess, since Clint Barton. Instead of Kate Bishop. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, you see in the Endgame trailer, he's trading a, do- or a girl who we assume is his daughter to shoot a bow with arrows. So maybe that's the future Kate Bishop. Maybe not. But so the next Hawkeye seems like it, assuming she comes back after Endgame. Or if this takes place before Endgame... It might be a prequel series saying how Hawkeye learned to shoot and how he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe leading up all the way. This is probably going to be like a mini-series. I'm going to say like 6 to 12 episodes maybe. be cool if this was a prequel series and the last episode was leading up to his appearance in Thor. Because that was his first appearance. So, Yeah, thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm not a big Hawkeye fan in the uh, MCU. I don't know. I like Jeremy Renner as an actor. I'm just... Not big into the character. Uh, I guess a prequel series or a series in general could help that, and I would prefer if it's shorter. I think when you focus on six to ten episodes, it could help you uh, use better budget and um, just get to the story quicker instead of filler episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it could be cool. It has potential. And him training a legacy character, I mean, just as a legacy fan, that has me interested. Yeah, good point. Uh, As of now, I'm going to hope this is a prequel series. And that's just because I don't really want any news revolving the future of the MCU until after Endgame. Because this is like, oh, Hawkeye's going to be completely fine after Endgame, so don't worry about him. Like, I feel like Endgame is one of those movies where anyone could die. And he's he's not he's not deaf in the MCU, right? No, he's not. It would be interesting if after the events of Endgame, he's deaf and he has to deal with his deafness in his life and like adapting to that and training a new person to take over because. Like it's too much for him to be full time Hawkeye while he's dealing with the disability of being yeah, deaf. Since he is in the comics. Yeah. That would be cool. So I do I would like this to be taking place after Endgame, but I don't want to know if it is or not until after Endgame. Yeah. So I'm guessing we won't know. I'm feel like they'll go more into this with all the details, release dates, episode count, even maybe a teaser trailer during San Diego Comic Con this June or July. So I feel like we won't get any... July, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be huge for Marvel, that July. Because they're probably going to announce all Phase 4 then, too. And Phase 4 will probably include these shows, like The Vision and Scarlet Witch are getting a show 
So get more details on that. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Which could be taking place after Endgame, or it could be taking place during the two years between Civil War and Infinity War. We'll have to just wait and find out. Or the one year, two years, two years, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's the Hawkeye news. Next bit of news after that, a little bit of DC live action news. Oh, by the way, just going back to Marvel. Captain Marvel made one billion dollars in the box office, so congratulations shazam is the the seventh mcu film i think to hit a billion so big um big thing to happen even though i feel like it happens more often nowadays but yeah it's still a huge achievement and it means that she's gonna get a sequel (laughs) i mean i think she was already gonna but yeah i feel like they're gonna get a trilogy for captain marvel i mean she signed a contract for like nine mcu appearances or something so definitely a trilogy jesus so yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, it's good when actors sign on for a long run. That way, we don't have to worry about them leaving anytime soon. <coughs> ben Affleck. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no Batman news <laughs> for live action. Oh, kind of. I guess uh, during Batman's 80th birthday last or a few weeks ago, I guess briefly mention the director Matt Reeves. Is he directing Batman? Yeah, Matt yep. Reeves, the director of Batman. He posted a picture of Detective Comics 1000 being like, Happy birthday, Batman. But in the background, you can see a script for the Batman movie. And you can see a bat symbol on there that's a little big. Kind of like Ben Affleck's symbol. So, not sure why this is news. But I guess they're sticking with the regular <laughs> logo. Just thought I'd mention it. Going on to more DC news for live action. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He made an Instagram video that was about four minutes long this past week. It's still on his Instagram account, so you go check it out. And it's just him actually mentioning Shazam. He has been kind of like a... He's been the producer of the movie, but more the producer for, like, not that much of the movie. But he's worked on the movie slightly during castings. And so he has not said anything about Shazam until just now. He's finally brought it up. Even when Zachary Levi was cast, I don't think The Rock said anything. But I guess he was involved with that casting. He brought up that he loves Shazam. He thinks it's a fantastic movie. He's so happy it's doing good in the box office. And that he talked about how he was going to be in this movie, but they decided to wait and do the Black Adam movie, which I'm sure JD didn't think was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> uh, well, it looks like it's happening because it's apparently going to start shooting next spring, according to the Instagram video. Dwayne Johnson said it's going to be shooting in a year from now. And so spring 2020, probably going to be a 2021 release date. Uh, I believe Warner Brothers put down that there would be an unannounced DC film for 2021. Looks like that's going to be Black Adam along with The Batman. So those are our two 2021 DCEU films, which I'm okay with. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and and The Rock talked about how um, about how the kids, like the Shazamily, is going to be uh, like it's going to be no mercy when Black Adam's around. So. Yeah, that has me excited. Just hearing def- him talk about I mean, he's passionate about it. And he knows a lot about the character, I can already tell. And he's got me hyped. Yeah, he definitely knows that Black Adam is not like Shazam. Which is true. They're polar opposites, basically. And he's saying, like, Shazam's this happy-go-lucky character. And Black Adam is not. So he kept teasing that Black Adam's going to be, like, similar to Shazam origin-wise. But much darker. Because Black Adam was a slave after getting the powers. He just killed the people. So, we're going to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson murder some people with some lightning powers. So, that should be cool. So, obviously, I was not hyped for the Black Adam movie at all. I didn't think it should happen. But after watching that, like, four-minute IGTV video, I'm sold. I'm sold on it. It it, it sounds awesome. I think it has potential to be great. And I've been reading a lot more uh, Shazam lore since watching the movie. And, obviously, with that comes a lot of Black Adam lore and... I, I think a character like that can hold a solo film. I think it could be it has potential at least to be interesting. So oh, yeah. my Absolutely. only hope is that The Rock can learn to do an Egyptian accent because I mean I feel like that's a vital part of Black Adam. Yep. Yeah. I don't want him to have just The Rock's voice. Do a little bit of an accent. And he does do accents in some movies like Hercules, so hopefully true yeah and i hope this is like a very serious tone movie which he made it sound like it's gonna be i I just hope they respect the source material which i don't have a doubt after that video that they will oh yeah they definitely i'm I'm honestly kind of excited for it and i'm excited for the shazam sequel with the shazamly facing off against black adam oh man that's that's gonna be good yeah because he kind of mentioned like there's gonna be the shazam movie black adam movie then shazam sequel with black adam versus shazam so we're gonna get that for sure uh 
Granted, though, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he mentioned that Black Adam, yeah, it will be darker and everything, but we can't expect to see Shazam in this movie, so I guess we are going to have to wait till Shazam 2 to see them face off. I can see an end credit scene for sure. Zachary Levi clearly loves being Shazam, so he'd definitely be down for that, but we'll just have to wait and see, and maybe we'll get Hangry Cavill in this movie. I mean, I mean it, scene. If, if I had to guess, I'd say that um the black adam movies you know all prequel like his origin oh, stuff yeah. the, the post credit scene could be like the like the rock black adam looking off at the new shazamily like like even if it's just like on a tv screen or something like that like he discovers the wizard has chosen a new champion and like that angers him and like the the end credit is just like him with the lightning in his eyes and then um i think in the sequel i mean hopefully they could add superman that cuz that would be awesome <laughs> but yeah. i mean and and Shazam trying to beat up Black Adam. Oh man, there's so much potential. Please, Henry Cavill, come back. We love you. That'd be good. Black Adam is one of, I would say, one of DC's strongest villains ever. Like top fifteen, maybe top twenty. Top twenty, I'd say. So I mean, can, yeah, he has. He, he's messed with Superman with kind of ease in a way. I mean, Superman does have a vulnerability to magic, but still. He's about to face down Wonder Woman in the next Doomsday Clock issue in 2021 as well. So we should be getting uh, <laughs> yeah, him versus right, Wonder right. Woman, which is cool. Like, he plays a big role in Doomsday Clock. And yeah, like you said, he could definitely hold a movie. However, I do think that they could have done him just in Shazam 1. Just, like, to get rid of Dr. Savannah and do Black Adam. I feel like that would have worked. But he could also work I, as I totally. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They probably could have done it, but I guess The Rock, like they did a few edits of the script, and he just didn't like the way it was coming out. And he said, like, like I think he said in the video, like he reached out to Warner Brothers, and he's like, this just isn't working. I don't want to force it, which I respect. You know, I, I respect not trying to cram too much and take away from you know either take away from Shazam or take away from Black Adam. So I at least respect that he wanted to break it up and give each one the credit they deserve. Yeah, like they do Doctor Savannah's origin story in the first five minutes of Shazam. They did that with Black Adam, it'd probably be the first half hour. <laughs> yeah. His whole origin. Easy. Yeah, like, I could say it in a few sentences. Slave gets the powers, kills people. But there's more to it than that. Like, there's a lot of... You want to have a lot of emotion in this character. Like, this is a huge actor playing a huge villain. So, we want to get yeah. as much info as we can as to Dr. Savannah, where it's just like, here's his origin. Now, we'll see him fight Shazam in an hour and a half. Like, Black Adam's bigger than that. He's a character that has taken on Superman. He's a character that has worked with other characters in the DC Universe, like Sinestro. He played a big role in the Sinestro New 52 series, which is super underrated. But at the end, like Sinestro gives him a yellow lantern ring, and we haven't seen that get brought up ever again. Continuity. <laughs> but yeah, he's like he's a huge character for the DC Universe, not just the DCEU, so I'm looking forward to it. Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news. Is that all the live action news? I feel like it is. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. If I miss something, oops. But, uh, comic news, going <laughs> to Marvel, the Invisible Woman from the Fantastic Four is getting her own solo series. I believe it's a miniseries, but not much information is said on it yet. We don't really know the plot yet, but it's gonna be Susan Storm, or, I guess Written, written by Storm. Mark Wade. Yeah, Mark Wade is writing it. So, yeah, little miniseries for Invisible Woman, which I think is a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. As you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd. I mean, seeing the Fantastic Four or the Fantastic One alone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll be reading it. I mean, I do like Mark Wade, but I don't really have much interest in the Invisible Woman, to be honest. But we'll see. If I hear it's good, I'll get it in trade. But yeah. Invisible Woman is a character that you don't really see often alone compared to the other four members. The thing, I feel like he's had miniseries in the past. Uh, the Human Torch has definitely done miniseries in the past, and he's worked alone probably more than any other member of the Fantastic Four. And even Mr. Fantastic, mm -hmm. he's worked outside the team several times. I mean, he's a part of a whole other team, the Illuminati. The Illuminati, Illuminati, yeah. So Susan uh, here, she's not much of a solo character, at least not that I know of. She might have had stuff in the past, but I know this is her very first solo series, so... It's interesting that Marvel chose to do this, and I'm looking forward to see how it goes. Um, next yeah, hopefully it turns out yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news is there's a Green Lantern series for DC Young Animal, which is like... Sorry, what is DC Young Animal? I don't care. 
<laughs> it, it, it's like another imprint, like how they have Wonder Comics and Vertigo Comics. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. New Green Lantern series. Is it canon? I think so. <laughs> who, who knows? We don't um, really know. There's not yeah, much it's information. New, it's a new Green Lantern. It's called Far Sector. And the Green Lantern is going to be called... Uh, it's newly chosen Green Lantern Sojourner Joe Mullion. I just butchered that name. Uh, she protects the city of Enduring, which is a massive metropolis of 20 billion people. And uh, for the past six months, the city has maintained peace. And... Uh, as a result, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, for the 500 years, for the past 500 years, they had uh, maintained peace. But over the uh, past six months, chaos has started and violent crime, which was before unheard of and uh, murder was non-existent. It's all changing. Uh, and she gets the Green Lantern ring, I guess, to stop that and clean up her city. No, Interesting. This- she has like glasses that are like Green Lantern and kind of like a button up suit in a way, like uh, buttons that go sideways. So Yeah, like Guy Gardner. Yeah, ki- like, yeah, kind of like Guy Gardner. Yeah, her glasses are like a construct, which I think is cool. But fingerless gloves as well. Uh, <laughs> says that we don't know if this person's human or not. I freaking hope she's not human because we have too many human Green Lanterns. But the fact that they describe her city as a place that doesn't know what violence is and stuff makes it feel like she's from another planet. She just looks human. Yeah. Like Superman, you know? Yeah. He looks human, but he's not. So, hoping this isn't human. But if it is new human green lantern we just got the last one like four years ago three years ago two and a half years ago three years ago yes uh she ended up being amazing jessica cruz but that doesn't mean we need more we have six human green lanterns at least make the next human lantern not green make them a blue lantern or i guess red if you want to make a villain but not this not like this yeah yeah i I wish they like did more with the different colors for human lanterns like guy being red kyle being white uh john being i don't know indigo <laughs> yeah oh well that's uh that's the comic news i guess i can't remember. well also the doom patrol is getting a series right. with the young animal uh imprint which is interesting i've never really read the doom patrol uh i know they're getting a lot of notoriety because of the DC Universe series, which I haven't checked out yet, but I've heard a lot of great things about. But, yeah, they're getting their own series now, so very interesting. Yeah, I've never actually read Doom Patrol anything before, so eh, I probably won't check it out. Like, I hear good things, but I just don't have interest in the team. Even the show yeah. I'm not interested in. That might be due to that I don't live in America. But <laughs> I don't really have a way of watching it. Yeah. But also do some illegal work. Oh, that, that's kind of that's kind of news too. Uh, DC Universe is struggling. It's only got, I think they released a number. It's only thirty three thousand subscribers, which is like incredibly low. And uh, yeah, yes, I wonder I'm, why. I guess <laughs> they're not worldwide. Um, there's talks that the Warner Brothers streaming service is just gonna like engulf it. Does oh. that make sense? Like, it's just going to become like one of the things. Like with the one, I don't really know all about it. I just read about it on Twitter, but yeah. You scared me for a second when you went. Oh, that's other news. DC Universes. I'm like, oh, is it coming to Canada? <laughs> Not available in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're struggling because it's not worldwide. It's in one country in the entire world. And apparently it's not on consoles or anything. There's no app you could download this thing on. It's just the Which website. Which is terrible, yeah. Yeah, it's the website or you could have an app on your phone. But you can't have like an app on your PlayStation or Xbox or like TV app or anything like that. Yeah, so, like... A little frustrating. When I watch Netflix, I use my PlayStation or Xbox on the TV. Or, uh, yeah, so I like that for DC Universe if it comes to Canada. I like DC Universe in general, to be honest. I, I pay for it. <laughs> we gotta wait. Oh. Yep. DC Universe is struggling. Uh, I guess that's yep. all the news. Yeah, that's that's it for the news. So uh, almost at the twenty minute mark, we'll move on to the comics of the week. Uh, we had a big Bat Week of comics. The three Bat titles, uh, Detective Comics, Batman and Batman Who Laughs, all came out. Uh, two of which I did not like, and one of which I liked. And we'll get right to them. Uh, let's start with. Batman number 68 by Tom King, my favorite writer. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I have some issues with Tom King every once in a while, which is uh, pretty much every time an issue comes out. Is one of your Love issues is one of your issues the fact that he's been doing a nine arc dream sequence arc 
so none of this stuff is real. Uh, yeah, and how most of these dream <laughs> issues you could just throw away, like not read it at all, and you wouldn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Yep, um, I, I paid <laughs> money for each issue, and I paid money for this one, which is another dream sequence. Wow. Um, the dreams feel like such fillery-ish to me. Well, they are. They're literally just filler, so Tom King can wait till he gets his big issue at number 75. I'm just uh, I'm getting a little annoyed with the like wait for 75 guys 75 is gonna be great guys because like I swear he did the same thing with number 50 it was like wait for number 50 50 is gonna be great when we we're reading like everybody loves Ivy and it was terrible so and then anyway number 50 uh, was bad <laughs> so yeah 50 was bad and then everything since has been not the best uh, in this issue uh, we get a dream sequence of the bachelorette party of Selena Kyle because that's just what we were missing uh, actually we were missing go- this this happened in uh one of the tie-ins to the wedding with Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah, we got Selena Kyle's bachelorette <laughs> party. But now it's a, it's a different one because Tom King ignores other people's writing, apparently. Yay. Well, I guess it's a dream also, also, they do Bruce's bachelor party here, which was also done in one of the... Uh, issues. Like, uh, prelude issues. So I mean, his bachelor party in, was way better in one of the issues over the then like he just what did he do yeah, he just yeah, went around one, with superman the, and this, this one was kind of terrible like and at least he hung out with nightwing and um superman, superman and got like bat burger and stuff this one's kind of cringy um <laughs> so in in this one uh lois lane and catwoman are hanging out and they're going to the fortress of solitude they have supergirl open the door if you don't know the fortress of solitude the old fortress of solitude at least uh it's just like a little key on the ground that anyone who could lift it could pick up but it's like only a Kryptonian will be able to pick it up, so that's why it's secure. But Supergirl is Kryptonian, so she could pick it up. Um, so she opens the door, and she's like, you ready to go in? And uh, Selena and Lois look at each other like, this is insane. No, it's your idea. No, it's your idea. I'm a reporter. Well, I'm a robber. We're both drunk. Yay. <sighs> God. Um, <laughs> so they, they, <laughs> they run into the Fortress of Solitude, and then we cut right to Bruce and Clark. They're eating soup and they have the most awkward conversation ever it's like so the soup huh pretty good huh uh yeah it's it's pretty good um yeah soup really good there's so many dot dot dots and uh. yeah uh, i get like a headache just going over it again um lois lane and selena kyle back in the fortress of solitude see the, the superman bots that like uh patrol the fortress of solitude and kind of like our superman servants in a way and uh, they want wine, but Superman doesn't drink wine, uh, or he doesn't drink alcohol. But people send him alcohol, so he has thirty-seven thousand bottles of the finest wine in the universe. And then, uh, yeah, that's uh, they they do like a drinking sequence where they have uh, liquor from all different planets, including Mogo, New Genesis, uh, Saturn. Oh, uh, Were there any other big planets that I'm missing? Oh, uh, um, there's the Timaran, which is like Hogman's yeah. planet, Mars, yeah. I guess. Yeah. The Reach, so, which is like Young Justice reference. Yeah. The so Reach. Yeah. There's one called Death to Superman. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. But yeah, so they have all these different kinds of uh, universe liquors. And then there's a, a big page of them spread out like, uh, this was your idea. No, it was your idea. <laughs> I can't feel my feet. We still have feet? Oh, thank you. Eisner Eisner winning dialogue right there from Tom King. It's beautiful. Um <laughs> Bruce and Clark continue awkwardness when they take a tour of the manor where Bruce points out a painting of his great-great-grandfather who was a Finnish artist. And Clark's like, hmm, uh, you don't hear much about those uh, Finnish artists. Oh, my God. I, I, I was cringing so hard at those that's, panels. I mean, I guess that you were supposed I think to cringe the because point, yeah. like, it was meant to be. But God damn, like, Bruce and Clark awkward. Like, come on now. It's weird because the real bachelor party, they weren't awkward. They were just having a good time and they were talking a lot. And then they saw crime and they just both kind of looked at each other and smirked, put on their suits, stopped the crime. They went back to just having a good old time with Nightwing. But this one is just yeah. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Back in the forests of Solitude, there's this, like, uh, rainbow-type pool. Uh, apparently, it was one of Brainiac's... Uh, uh, like something to take down Superman and Lois pushes Selena in and she gets all mad at first. But then she's like, Oh, it feels nice. And then, uh, Lois jumps in, uh, then to the next page, they're both lying in there naked, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, um, weird. they're skinny dip. They're skinny dipping in the pool. And, um, Selena asks, are we friends? And Lois says, yes, honey, we're friends. Uh, back to Clark and Bruce who are watching the Gotham Knights and like, so oh, the Knights having a good season. Uh, yeah. 
Is the quarterback good? No. <sighs> God. Clark, Clark keeps, Yeah, Clark keeps yawns. Um, Selena and Lois are trying on different Superman suits, and you see a few different Superman suits, actually. Uh, Lois puts on a Supergirl suit, and uh, Selena puts on a Superman suit like with the underwear on the outside. But you see some suits with the underwear not on the outside, like the Reborn suit, I believe. Oh, yeah, that and... is the Reborn suit. Yeah, I was wondering where that was. It kind of, the lines in it made me think it was a reference to the CW suit, actually. But, yeah. yeah. But a cool suit. And um, then it can't be a bachelor party without strippers. So there's three <laughs> strippers that are just the robots from the Fortress of Solitude. Of course, they all look like Clark Kent. So uh, they start stripping. And, um, yeah, Lois goes on about being a wife, a mother, a reporter. And then when she goes home, she gets to be a wife, a mother, and a reporter. And did she mention she's a wife, a mother, a reporter? Yeah. She, <laughs> and she mentioned says, it three Week times. Tomorrow. Yeah, so fun. Um, then we see Clark and Bruce playing chess. And Clark wants to open up to Bruce. Uh, Clark wants to tell Bruce about uh, married life, you know, if he has any questions. To which Bruce keeps saying, check, check. Like, as in he's winning in chess. And... Um, I don't know. It was kind of interesting that he says that he finds marriage rewarding. It was nice to see Clark talk about marriage. But um, anyway, uh, we go back to the Fortress of Solitude where Selena and Lois are getting massages from the Clark bots from the <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. Kind of odd. Uh, then we see Clark and Bruce in kind of like a library uh, sitting and looking like they're drinking something. And then we finally get talks about the nightmares. And um, So this one gets weird. Yeah, this gets interesting. This is the best part of the issue to me. Uh, Clark Clark asks him, this is your worst nightmare, isn't it? And Bruce is like, what? And then uh, Clark says, this, all this, this, this nothing. Your family, your, your city, even you. Everyone is safe, happy, having a good time. All that's left is to relax into it. Embrace the joy of not being needed. And then Bruce is like, oh, I'm perfectly capable of this. Like, this isn't my nightmare. And then this is probably like my favorite dialogue uh, of the issue. He says, no, this is why you drove her away. This is the reason she left you on the rooftop. You couldn't tell her. You never uh, You never told her, never told anyone. But I get it. I get you better than anyone. Why you think I can be married and you can't? I love being Superman, but I hate that I have to be Superman. But you, Bruce, you hate being Batman. You love that you have to be Batman. Right there, I was like, finally, something good, this issue. That, yeah. that was great dialogue, I thought. And, um, and then... They go to the Fortress of Solitude and they pick up Selena and uh, Lois and then they do a cringy bat cat. And then uh, the issue ends with Bruce in like uh, a machine and uh, yeah, his, like, he has wires attached to his head. So nightmares. Uh, what do you that, think of the issue? The last page was awesome. I'll say that much at least. Seeing like, oh, this is a happy-go-lucky story, but at the end it's just Bruce tied up to a machine with wires in his head and we have no idea where he is that's interesting to make it even better it'd be cool if like in red hood's book or nightwing's book and they mentioned that batman's been missing or something that'd be cool because he's been here for that a would, while i assume be. just trap we yeah. don't know where he is even um last we saw him in real life in this title his father flashpoint batman kind of knocked him out we don't know where he is but besides that, yeah, not the greatest issue <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's just a filler. I kind of, I mean, I enjoyed the banter between Selena and Lois, but the banter between Bruce and Clark was so dull. Besides the ending, so I didn't, I didn't even enjoy the uh, banter between Lois and Selena. I felt like it made them sound stupid. Well, I mean, they were drunk, but that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I guess they were drunk. That's fair, but like, I don't know, I just. I, I didn't care for this issue, really. Like, all I needed was the the last, like, three pages there with uh, Clark confronting Bruce about a nightmare and then Bruce, uh, Bruce strapped up to the machine. I, I literally paid three ninety nine for two pages. <sighs> two, I guess. Yeah, not a good issue. Uh, what do you rate it? Uh, five out of ten. Yeah. I, I, the art is nice. Uh, Amanda Connor, I believe, is the artist's name. Yeah, um, the she, story of her getting on this thing was uh, Tom King wanted her on the book like for an issue, and she said, oh, well, I really want to do the Bachelorette party, and then Tom King said, done. So, oh. the story to be. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> she usually does Harley Quinn covers, and occasionally, I think, the interior of Harley Quinn's series. But, yeah, she's a good artist. Yeah. She do, She's good for, like, little stories like this, I find. Like, I don't want her on, like, Dark Side versus the Justice League, but... <laughs> it's kind of, like, cartoony looking, but, yeah, for this story, it works. Yeah. I mean, Batman 68. 5 out of 10, I gave it 5 out of 10 because it wasn't good, but... Not 4010 because there's that Supergirl with the key reference and those last three pages. So yeah, like, yeah. I thought, the, I thought the ending was pretty nice and I thought the dialogue was good there. And that's like the Tom King dialogue that I asked for. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny. I saw a review for one of Tom King's books and they were talking about his Batman run. And they were like, sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's mediocre. And often it comes off as embarrassing. And I was like, damn, I felt that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I Am like, Bane is was, an incredible no, arc. And that's the Tom Yeah, King. rooftops Roof- is yeah. like incredible. And then you got stuff like the most like three recent arcs, and you're just like, Jesus, what happened? And yeah, even jokes, war jokes and riddles is like okay. Like it's not great, it's not bad though. So I enjoy it for the most part. I mean, I have to reread it, but I remember yeah thinking uh, I think my expectations were just a little too high for it. But it was alright. Yeah. Yeah, there's Batman number sixty eight. Next fat book. <laughs> Uh, Batman Who Laughs, number four. Let's keep the disappointment train running. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, at the end of the last issue, if you don't remember, Bruce had put on the Batman Who Laughs like visor, and he was basically becoming uh, – like our Bruce did it. He put on the visor, and he's basically becoming the Batman Who Laughs. Uh, basically, in a way, you can't beat him, you join him. Uh, so he talks, and I really like the way they do uh, – like the way the dialogue looks like you could tell the Batman who laughs is coming over him. Cause occasionally like little red dialogue comes over where the white dialogue was like certain words. Yeah. Or, certain uh, words are highlighted of certain red. words and has the yeah. uh, Joker font on there. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Uh, but he talks about um, seeing Gotham through the Robin's eyes and how they always like to stay high, even though he liked to stay low uh, talking about like in the streets. So I was like, okay, that's fine. They connect later to it in the issue. I thought it was pretty cool. But whatever. In the beginning, it's just like, all right, whatever. Dick Grayson, cool. Um, so Alfred sees, like, what, what did you do? And Bruce looks all crazy. He's got the red eyes from being jokerized in a way. And uh, Alfred takes the visor, the Batman Who Last visor, off of him. And uh, he smacks him with it. <laughs> it like is like a parallel of the panel where uh, Batman slaps Robin, you know, the iconic yeah. like Silver Age panel. So uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, Bruce explains how um, the Batman Who Laughs sees through the visor, kind of. Um, in a sense, it's like in the dark multiverse, the dark metal allows him to see things for what they really are. So, uh, for example, when Bruce wears it, the way they do the art is like he sees certain things in red. So um, when he looks at Alfred, he sees Alfred like saying what he what he's saying, like, Bruce, I love you. Look at me. But then you see also like other variations of Alfred saying, I'm going to cripple you, hurt you so bad you'll never leave me ever again. So oh. it kind of like deters somebody's vision. So they – does that make sense? Like I feel like I'm not explaining this. No, you explained it. I didn't really get it when I read this, but that makes a lot of sense. They've seen like other Earth – negative Earth's version of Alfred because the negative Earth's are like kind of like opposite Earth's where the heroes are bad. And, yeah. 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 So um, it's actually kind of a touching panel here where Alfred gets him back under control. Uh, Bruce is like choking out Alfred and Alfred actually like some tears come down. He's like, please, (laughs) Bruce, please stop. And then Bruce lets him go and realizes what he did wrong. It's a nice like hug moment. And um, I I don't know. It was pretty cool. But he still ends up wearing the visor and he's like, I need to go. So uh, the Batman who laughs is with Jim Gordon and just really creepy every panel he's in, which is what it's supposed to be. So, uh, but I, I definitely feel like this would make a cool animated movie if done right. Like the way they, they could, the way they could do the voices and the animation style. Yeah, I feel like I thought that was unpopular between comic fans, but I think Metal would be like a decent animated movie. It, yeah, yeah, it's funny because I don't like Metal the comic, Dark Knight's Metal. I, I really don't care for the event, but it would probably make an interesting animated movie. I mean, especially if Kevin Conroy did the voice for all the Batman, except for like yeah, yeah. If he could, if, if he were if he were able to do like variations of voices, like I'm so curious what the Batman who laughed would sound like. Yeah, I met him once and asked him, and he he just laughed. He did like a really creepy <laughs> laugh. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but 
I want to hear you talk like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be like a twist of Hamill's Joker and Conroy's Batman, like the perfect middle ground. I don't even know how it would sound, but I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Batman Who Laughs is talking to Jim Gordon, who's strapped in a chair, and uh, he talks about how he's his best friend, in a way. Uh, Jim is his best friend because what made him, so when the Joker on the Batman Who Laughs world killed all the villains, Jim Gordon still wanted to bring him in the right way. He wanted to go through the law, and um, so uh, they... They try to take down Joker, but Joker kills Jim Gordon, and that's what causes the Batman who yeah exactly kills Joker. So in a way, it's like Jim Gordon create Jim Gordon of that Earth created him, and he takes it out on this Jim Gordon. <laughs> um, he puts the glasses on him uh, really creepily. Uh, the whole message of the issue is about seeing things. I guess yeah, yeah, like seeing things in a certain perspective. Uh, so Batman is going through Gotham. Uh, the Batmobile is undercover as like a taxi, which is pretty dope. Uh, and he starts to see like people on the streets of Gotham, so they're like they're all blue in his vision. But then like the 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 negative multiverse stuff kind of comes in. And he sees the people fighting each other all in red. So the Batman who laughs vision is taking over him, and the Batman who laughs is like taking over his voice. Like like I said, the dialogue starts turning all red with everything he says, and it's it's interesting the way they do it. Um, Jim Gordon Jr. calls Batman and he says that he's narrowing it down to three different waterways where the Batman who laughs could be. And then Jim Gordon talks about, uh, Jim Gordon Jr. talks about how uh, he doesn't really believe in the moral code. Uh, he believes that people, like, you can't adopt a moral code about killing your born one way, killer or not. So that was kind of interesting. Um, then th- this is what kind of threw me off here. So um, Batman's in like a reserv- uh like near water, like underground, and it's supposed to be three hours earlier. Uh, Joker comes up behind him, and uh, he's like, "Gotcha, bats! You can never be too careful." Uh, Batman sees Joker with the negative vision, but Joker's already kind of messed up, so <laughs> the vision's not too different from what he's actually seeing. Yeah, uh, Batman and Joker kind of fight a little bit, but Batman's like. Uh, Joker wants to talk, and Batman's like, talk, I have nothing to say to you. And then he says, why, Joker? Why? And then Joker says, it's the only time you'll spend with me. I'm like, <laughs> oh I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's, it's a running scared reference. I thought of it when I read it, and I had to make the joke. Um, but, but anyway, uh, Joker is there for moral support in a way. <laughs> um, he basically confirms that if Batman turns into the Batman who laughs, I'll take you out. And Batman's okay with that. And they almost have like a friend moment, which I didn't really care for, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's like kind of weird. Said, like, like Batman says, Joker, listen to me, my friend, my aide. If I turn into that monster, he won't do what needs to be done. I know it. He won't be able to. But you, if I turn on him, and then Joker goes, oh, I'll blow your bleeping head off. <laughs> and then Batman goes, hey, cross your heart. And then Joker says, and hope to die. And they both sit there on their knees laughing. I, I didn't care for those pages. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. I think that was um, kind of like a reference to the killing joke, but not that well done. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't like Batman calling Joker my friend, my aide. I mean, I get that he's under like the Batman who laughs. Like like he's turning into that. But still, like what the hell? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, um, Bruce is at Blackgate Prison now uh, when he walks through a portal and he ends up in a different Blackgate Prison, one which is six times the size of uh, our Blackgate. Uh, they made a reference to the New 52 Batman in a way, which I think Hunter probably liked. Uh, he calls Alfred Penny One, which is what he calls yeah, Alfred finally. New 52 Batman when he's like in his Batman, you know, like uh, over the calm. He could so just I'd be like, Alfred. Like it's kind of, they yeah. did that in the Justice League movie, like at the start, and that bothered me right off the bat. Don't just say Alfred's name when there's a thug right there. He could be one smart yeah. dude. You gotta be codenames. And his codename's Penny One. So, yeah, that's good that they did that. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, the warden of this huge black gate is Bruce Wayne. It's like an older Bruce Wayne with a mustache. He kind of looks like Jim Gordon in a way. Uh, they get transported, like, uh, back to our black gate. And the guard that uh, Bruce was talking to... Uh, kills this Bruce Wayne with like a little like cleaver. And uh, this was actually kind of well done. Uh, when the guard reveals himself, it's actually the Batman who laughs. 
and it's like a really creepy face. Like we finally get to see what his face looks like without the visor. And I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> yeah. oh, terrifying. Um, yeah, geez. Anyway, uh, like it's he like throws back on the visor. Yeah. It's like pitch oh, sorry, what? black eyes with like tiny red pupils. It looks good though. Yeah. There's like scarring too. The art's good. Uh, but anyway, he throws back on the visor because uh, the men think he's a commander and they think that Batman is the Batman who laughs because he's wearing the visor. So he's like, shoot on him, shoot. And then they surround him and they're like, open fire. So that's where the issue ends. Um, looking back on it, it's better than I thought, uh, but it's still not great. But it's yeah. better than I, than I remembered. Yeah, like mm, six out of ten. I kind of like the idea of Batman keeps thinking he has the upper hand on Batman who laughs, but then Batman who laughs just is always a step ahead of Batman no matter what. So that's kind of interesting. Besides that, like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm reading this for the event this summer, the year of the villain, but yeah, it's not the greatest I mean, series. It, basically the Batman who laughs isn't going away anytime soon, which is kind of just like, ugh. I'm not a fan of the character. Just, ugh. I don't know. It's a good concept and I'm kind of, like, I think the character's cool enough. Just don't put a series... Don't give him a series. Have him, like, appear every few years or so. Yeah, this wasn't really, like, a necessary series, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well. Six out of ten? Yeah, I, I, I'd go around there. Yeah. That's fair. Now for a good comic. <laughs> uh, Detective Comics 1001, you want to give a quick recap? Sure. I did not bring that comic out with me. Oopsie. Oh, okay. Well, it's the best bad book this... Uh, week. It's basically um, they're doing... There's not really anything... That, this is the start of a new arc, so when we left off, don't need that. What we know, though, is that the Arkham Knight is now coming to the comics. Instead of being in the video game, he will now be coming to the comics, but not as Jason Todd. He will be a new character, or an old character that we do not know, who's behind the mask yet. But we start off... This issue was so, so good. Uh, basically, we start off with Jim Gordon and a police officer at a park, uh, the, it's probably about like 5 a.m. at this point because the sun's going to come up soon. So Jim Gordon decides to give Batman a call and goes, sorry to bother you. I'm sure with dawn only a few ticks away, you're calling it a night. But I got a bat problem. And there's dead bats everywhere all over this park. Just like almost probably almost 100 dead bats just laying all around the place. And Batman replies on the phone, what a coincidence. So do I. And you see in the Batcave where Batman just got home, there's dead bats all over the Batcave. And <laughs> it's it's a bat problem. So Batman starts uh, opening up the bodies of these bats and just looking inside to find out how they died. And they all look normal to me, to him. They all look healthy and he has no idea how all these, di- all these bats died at the same time. He decides, like, you know what? It's still night for a bit. I'm going to head back out there and try to find out what's going on. So he goes to... Uh, What's her name? Kurt Kurt Landstorm's wife. Man Bat's wife. Francine. Francine Lance Landstorm, is it? Langstorm, I guess. Langstorm, yeah. yeah. Francine Langstorm. Who's also His name's Kirk, not Kurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Kirk. And uh Batman goes to visit her, but she's like panicking over all these bats dying and she sees says that she hears voices, so she panics and injects herself with the man bat fluid, turning her to a man bat. So, a giant mutant bat. Uh, Batman immediately, like, grabs onto her just as she jumps out the window and kind of, like, ties a rope around her, trying to stop her from flying around. Uh, he's basically surfing a giant mutant bat at this point. <laughs> the art's really well done, so it yeah. looks really cool in a way. He's flying through buildings and everywhere, and you notice that she's not just flying crazily. She's going to a certain location. She goes to Gotham Zoo. Inside Gotham Zoo, there's a ton of dead bats again, and so Batman's able to come to, like, land this man bat inject her with a cure turning her back into regular francine trying to get her name yeah francine uh and then something big happens uh an explosion kind of like a explosion happens nearby and a bit far away in gotham it's a giant light that goes into the sky and it basically makes a mini sun above gotham city turning what was nighttime into daytime all of a sudden so the entire city just lights up and the sky turns blue uh batman immediately uses a grappling hook to uh start to get towards that but it gets cut and some knights appear well, like modern age knights 
they wear armor, they use swords and bows and arrows, some guns as well, but uh, they start attacking Batman, and immediately, with the arrows firing at Batman, it's penetrating his armor. And they're even, they're good martial artists too, so they're actually getting a few hits on Batman. Batman's able to get a little bit into cover before getting shot several more times. He actually, Batman breaks the knight's arm, he's able to kick a guy in the face, punch a guy in the gut, but he's still getting beat up hard and he falls to the ground. Then the Arkham Knight comes out, steps on Batman's head while he's on the ground, and says, A new day dawns in Gotham, Batman. It's time for the shadows to start running from themselves. And that's where the issue ends. Next time, Arkham Knight standoff. And oh, this issue was so good because so many things were happening at once, and it felt ba- I felt <laughs> Batman's panic <laughs> of like yeah, dead bat uh, mystery. The, the female, yeah. the female man bat was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's Kirk's, been done before. I remember reading. Uh, I can't recall what, but I remember reading his wife turning into a man bat before. So I don't remember that woman bat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically, a woman bat. Uh, it's cool seeing Bruce's struggle here. Like, there's a mystery on hand of all these bats dying. There's a new man bat in Gotham flying around, and all these knights coming in with the Arkham Knight to fight Batman, as well as an artificial sun over Gotham. Like, that's a lot on Batman's plate. It's a shame that he doesn't have a bat family that he could help ask for help. <laughs> um, he has Damien. He, he has Damien in this run, at least. Damien could come help. Yeah, well, he wasn't brought up in this issue, unfortunately. But I hope he has some more Bat Family members involved besides Bruce and Alfred. But yeah, it's a it's a really cool story so far. Like I'm, I was kind of nervous. I think I think Pete Tomasi said it's going to be mostly Bruce, Alfred, and Dane on the AMA. I mean, I think he'd like to get other characters, but he said just because James uh, James Tenney on the previous detective writer, like or two detective writers ago uh since he did a lot of the bad family stuff he's kind of like shying away from that a little bit but he hopes to use them at some point that's a fair reason i do hope that like james tinian did use the bad family but not he didn't use all the members like he didn't use batgirl like you use batgirl here yeah, he didn't yeah, use he robin you could use robin bat who do you use batwoman clayface uh tim drake and stephanie brown Was and that it? and cassandra kane orphan Alexander Kane, yeah. Oh, and Duke, right? Duke, yeah. Uh, not that often, but he did use the signal sometimes. Duke Thomas. Yeah, so. Oh, and so, yeah, he, we, we say we a little bit of the Bat Family, but I don't know. I kind of miss having the Bat Family. It would be nice if Tomasi was able to write him, but we'll see as he goes on. Yeah, like. The, uh, I do like the Arkham Knight having literal knights. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of interesting. And he uses a sword and shield, too. So. Yeah. He's, they're really taking the knight aspect of him, and it's cool. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I give I'm this issue. I honestly give this issue like a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.5. But yeah, I thought it was a solid issue and can't wait to continue on. It's definitely my pick of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, My pick of the week would be... Yeah, I'll go go Tech 1001 as my pick of the week. And my cover of the week is... uh, I like Flash 68. I I think it's a really dope cover with the trickster hanging uh, the Flash. Even though it doesn't correlate to what's in the issue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's my favorite cover too. Speaking of Flash 68. All right. <laughs> 68. Uh, so the trickster arc, if you missed the last issue of the Flash, basically when he gets back to Central City, everybody's all happy, which is weird because nobody's happy in Central City. Uh, the trickster <laughs> is tricking everyone. <laughs> I know, it's a joke. Um, the trickster is tricking everyone into being happy in Central City, including Lord and Wolf, who's just a sourpuss. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And we pick up right here. Uh, the trickster is, he almost looks like he's wearing AirPods, right? <laughs> and then Axel, uh, the other trickster looks like he's wearing regular AirPods. That was pretty oh funny. God, you ruined it for me. <laughs> he, he don't speak broke. Anyway, uh, he's teasing Commander Cold and he wants to know if he's big in the future. And Axel interrupts and he's like, he tries to tell a joke. <laughs> and then uh, James, Jesse gets all mad and he's like, no, you're not good at the jokes. You got to get better. Uh, then we're inside Iron Heights Penitentiary, which is a madhouse of all happy in messing with other inmates. So uh, Copperhead is on a unicycle whipping Mirror Master and uh, Cicada and Golden Glider and a few others. So uh, And then like the top is going down a fire slide. Tar Pit has a plant in his hand. So for some reason, <laughs> some weird stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. But everybody's all happy. Everybody's all smiley. 
Um, and Axel came to report that there's some people who aren't smiling. They need to be, uh, they need to go through this machine and they'll feel all smiley. So James comes back and he's in a relationship with um, Kristen, uh, which is one of the people who works with Barry at the forensics office. Um, so they all go through the machine, including Barry. And Barry's like, I feel happy. And he has a big smile on his face. But turns out he was faking it. Uh, he throws on the flash ring and becomes the flash, which is a beautiful page uh, of him suiting up. I posted it on my Instagram, but it came out really low quality because low quality life, low quality posts. Th- that's your uh, reason? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's my okay. reason. I couldn't, fi- I couldn't find it in high quality. I only could only find it in low quality, but I did want to post it. It's a really cool uh, page if you haven't seen it. it. Is, yeah. Check it out. History of the Flash. Uh, but anyway, um, the Flash comes running up to try to find Commander Cold because he finally Oh, first off, signal. he said he was faking the smiling thing because he vibrated slightly when going through the yeah. happy machine to like make sure he wasn't affected by it but yeah yeah I- i'm surprised williamson didn't explain it like he usually does like well the science of the machine because <laughs> he usually just says like the science of something and then we're like okay that's an explanation i guess uh but anyway uh flash makes his way to commander cold and before he can get commander cold loose a bomb goes off behind him and axel is there with like a wacky gun like the trickster usually would use uh he traps the flash momentarily but uh he keeps like throwing different kind of tricks at him and uh the flash is able to take down axel and he frees commander cold but then they get put in a uh bubble by the sage force so trickster has been using the sage force and that's how he's getting everybody to be so happy and uh trickster is doing this all because he wants attention for his big return. People forgot about him because Warden Wolf erased him from the records, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, well, that's, but that's a nice yeah. little revelation. I think that's a good way to explain why he's why he's been gone for so long. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, Barry and uh, Commander Cold break out of the stage forest bubble, and uh, the trickster says that they cheated. Flash takes down the trickster but the trickster's still smiling which i thought was pretty interesting and uh flash is like all right i'm gonna go save the people from killing each other because now everyone's starting to fight over like who's the happiest in a way yeah so uh flash flash is gonna go stop them but before he could stop them he gets hit by a freeze ray from commander cold <laughs> to which trickster goes god <laughs> uh so he has commander cold under his tricks too which is kind of interesting and he uses like a rubber chicken and shocks the flash and uh, he wakes up the Flash who's tied to a rope. The Flash vibrates out of it, but when he looks down, he has no legs. And Trickster is laughing with his AirPods in with a chainsaw in his hand. So oh, he made his legs disappear for his next trick. But there's actually, like, <laughs> there's bandages around as if he was, like, amputated. Yeah, so. the last page is, like, a haunting image, too. Like, Barry's face, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, that's wide gonna be the nightmares. Dropped. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's weird. I mean, obviously it's a trick. I don't think they're gonna amputate the fastest second fastest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, technically, if we're talking about alive, then he is the fastest man alive because he's the only one that is alive. But yeah, I guess yeah. But Jesus, like, what the heck? I mean, it's a trick, but I'm curious how they did it. Maybe he. I don't know how they're going to explain this, but I'm I'm curious. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought this was a really solid issue. I think this is solid. The first three arcs of this, uh, sorry, first three issues of this are very solid so far. So I like it. Yeah. Uh, I give it like a eight. Yeah, I'd go eight out of ten. It's cool. And I like Scott Collins art. I thought it's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, that brings us to our next comic, which is Superman number eight. So John is telling more of his story. Uh, in the last issue, uh, he was about to face off against Superwoman of the crime syndicate, who looks exactly like Lois Lane, a.k.a. his mother. Uh, well, she is so, Earth 3 Lois Lane. Yeah, yeah, but I'm so, saying he's never like met Superwoman before, but obviously yeah. he just thinks, like, wow, you look like my mom, but you're angry. <laughs> yeah, John Kent has been going through space for the past seven years, and he's finally at the point where it's been seven years so he's back on earth he's telling the story of what happened and when we left off he was yeah trapped on earth three through a black hole with a crime syndicate escaped ultraman's prison now is trying to get away from uh superwoman which is lois evil lois lane with superman's powers here yep. come little superboy <laughs> so 
So, so Superboy is facing off against Lois, and Lois is uh, trying to laser vision him in the face and like push him across a building. When a big explosion happens, and she is now going off in the distance, and who is it but Grandpa Papa Jor-El? And uh, he's he says behind me, John. So uh, Jor-El's back. He has a beard now, and he looks a little older. And is it me or does he have a mechanic neck? Does he always have the mechanic neck or no? I think that I might just like be armor. It looks like he has a mechanic arm, though. Oh, uh, okay. So, obviously, some time has passed since we last, last seen Jor-El. Years, in fact. Uh, in the comic, at least. We saw him only a few issues ago. Uh, <laughs> Superwoman, Superwoman tries to come back at Jor-El, but um, he's able to teleport them out of the... the Crime Syndicate's world, I guess. And uh, Superwoman is frustrated and says, No, no, no! And uh, hits one of the machines. Uh, Jor-El is not being so nice to uh, John. John's so happy to be back and out of that world because, I mean, he was trapped there as a prisoner for years. Uh, but now he's much older. Now he's like the Superboy that we saw on Earth. Uh, but Jor-El is pissed. He wants him to get up and he needs to see if he has any damage to him. So he does like a scan of his body. And uh, he says that he almost lost him out there, that he was gone for uh, – John only thinks he's been gone for you know a few weeks. Cause, uh, but it's obviously been a lot of time because John says, thank you, Grandpa. And then Jor-El goes, Grandpa, I forgot you used to call me that. So it's been a while. And then uh, uh, Jor-El is getting mad. He's like, where did you disappear to? You ran from me. And John's like, no, I, I didn't run from you. We, we got separated. So uh, uh, then he gives him a box that has – the House of L logo, so new suit, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's the suit he wears uh, and today. Yeah, it's the the new suit that he wears. Um, Jor-El is kind of ashamed, and he said that like he couldn't go back to his son without getting John back, so he spent all this time searching for John, and it, it had been so long. He has some good for, lines, I guess too. John, because... Yeah, yeah the dialogue says, is good. Yeah, Jor-El goes like, and you ran for me, the first chance you... Look, I've been searching for years. You have no idea the lengths and deaths I have, to, I have gone to search for you. You have no idea what deals I have made. You have no idea. And John kind of goes, what did you have to do? And he doesn't really tell him. He just kind of tells him what yeah. happened, how he found him. And the reason how he, he found him is... an arm to find out about him. The reason Maybe. how he found him is so good. Thank you, Bendis. <laughs> he basically says... The reason why he couldn't find a John in the multiverse was because the black hole wasn't a regular black hole that sent him to a different Earth. It sent him back through time, before Dark Side War, before the Crime Syndicate died. Thank God. I was really annoyed that the Crime Syndicate were alive here because they died in 2015. But I guess this takes place before then because John was sent back through time and then he aged up to this regular time. So Jorel says, you were thrown back in time, John, many Earth years. And you stayed and grew and changed and you finally caught up to today. And here you are. To them, your parents on Earth, you'll have only been gone for 22 Earth rotations. They have no idea you've been missing at all. But that line where he says you've been go- you've been thrown back through time, thank God. It's explained. <laughs> Hunter loves some continuity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John is almost horrified that he's only been gone for three weeks, even though he's much older. And he says that he needs to go home right now. And does he punch Jor-El in the face here? Or am I not looking at this right you are not looking at that right an explosion happens oh, okay to me it looked like he punched him in the face i was so confused <laughs> okay an explosion happens that makes more sense actually uh he thinks that it as uh, john thinks that it's his evil mom aka superwoman but no it's not they're back in their own dimension this is something else and who is it but rogal czar general zod and the dude that blew up krypton's moon so i guess they broke out of the phantom zone <laughs> the dun, dude dun, that dun. blew up krypton's moon <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel like he has a name, but I forget his name. I forget his uh, name too. They don't look happy to see Jor-El, and Jor-El doesn't look happy to see them. He uses some like light stick that almost looks like a firecracker uh, to try to get like them a taser, away. Yeah. yeah, and then that that sends John like going through uh, a mall basically in Wisconsin, and he's happy to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, doesn't really tele- think about what happened to Jor-El right there. <laughs> he basically teleports John to Earth, and. We didn't know what happened. It was Jor-El, old man Jor-El versus Zod. You got your wish off panel, but you got your wish. baby. I mean, I want to see more of it. I want to see them interact and dialogue, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I've been wanting this for like years, so. (laughs) You have Zod versus Jor-El. And Rogue Lazar is going to be involved too, so extra threat. Um, Yeah. 
yeah, then John flies back and finds Superman, and during this time takes place, I guess then we flash back to five issues ago, I believe, where Superman was saving a helicopter, saves a helicopter, turns around, and John's right there being like, Dad, don't freak out. So now we get to today of John telling, finishing the story of Fortress of Solitude, and Superman says, the largest creature that stormed the ship, can you describe him? And then we see a flash of Rogozar, and Superman kind of looks down with his eyes closed like, damn it. <laughs> yeah yeah um th- he realizes they have to go face off against whatever is happening to jor-el so uh him and john are about to go off but uh lois brings up levathon which is the big event that's going to be happening in action comics uh for year of the villain and she says that she'll handle it you go handle your dad so little tease of what's coming i guess mm-hmm. um they have a nice really pan- a nice panel where uh clark says i'm madly in love with you lois lane Oh, that's nice. For anyone who says they're divorced, they're not. Yep. Uh, John and Superman go off in like, I don't even know how to explain it, but they go like flying up in the air and there's like yellow all around them. It looks it's really cool. Jor-El teleported them back. Oh, okay. So it's a tele. Okay. That makes sense. Jor-El and was able to teleport them- John back to him, but Superman held on to John. So then they went together. And then the last two pages are like a whole intergalactic war and you see like different species of aliens fighting different species of aliens and you even see like uh thanagarians in the war so you see parademons too right it looks it. like yeah yeah i didn't even notice that dark sides cool. minions and yeah, yeah and then it says um you see uh Jor-El's ship too flying so yeah interesting it kind of looks pretty like solid issue for the most part yeah, definitely. I liked it a lot. This would have been my pick of the week if Arkham, if the Arkham Knight story wasn't so such a good start. So, uh, looking forward to the next issue big time. This Superman has disappointed me last issue, but this issue kind of made my disappointment not disappointing. Words. This is a good yeah. issue. Nine out of ten. <laughs> or eight point okay, five. Okay, I'm gonna go eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight point five. But yeah, solid issue overall, and I like it. And that Ivan Reese art is just beautiful. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. He draws such- Everything great, but he mm. does a really good job with Superman. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so that's our DC Comics of the Week, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I guess I'll quickly mention. Did you read any other Marvel titles this week? No, I didn't have any Marvel titles this week. Okay, I'll just quickly just mention uh, The Amazing Spider-Man is going through the Hunted Arc, which again is an arc about all the animal villains you could think of. Any villain with an animal name, like Rhino, Vulture, Lizard... Uh, and Spider-Man involved, too. They are all trapped in Central Park in New York City. There's a little Hunger Games-style dome around the entire park. And there's robots hunting them down. So the villains and Spider-Man are forced to work together to get out of this. The robots, we find out... Slight spoiler for JD, since he hasn't read this. They are actually it's being fine. controlled by rich people that are just doing this as, like, a video game in a way. But they, oh. they don't really know what they're doing in a way, so they're kind of dumb. Which makes it even, I guess, because there's hundreds of these robot things and they can't really be killed. So there's nothing mm. that these guys could do but run. But a lot of people die in this. Like a lot of villains die mm. so far. And Spidey's just trying to survive. So it's pretty good so far. I highly recommend it. Yeah. 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 I've heard there's been references to the Craven's Last Hunt. So interested. There has been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it for the comics of the week, but that's not it for the episode just yet, because we're going to do a character of the week, which is Lois Lane. So we'll talk about how we were introduced, something we like about the character, where we see the character going in the future. You get the gist. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. Lois Lane. Uh, I guess I was introduced from her from maybe Superman the movie. It's hard to tell for these characters that have been around so long, so... Uh, it's hard to tell when I was first introduced to Lois Lane, but as a small child... You know, she's Superman's love interest. I didn't think of her much back then, but after getting to comics, she... Please never leave Superman's side. I never want them to divorce or anything. I'm happy that they're one of the only comic couples that kind of are married and stay married. Uh, Aquaman has been married to Mera, but has troubles with reboots and continuity and stuff where all of a sudden they're not married, and then they break up, and then other people happen, and Lois and Superman kind of stick together. They There are not many other people that people ship superman with occasionally wonder woman but for the most part slow lane and she is the perfect person for superman 
I like her character a lot. In the future, I could see her... Well, Bendis teased a photo recently of her in a super suit. And apparently, like, it's not a dream sequence or anything. But I don't see her being a superhero. Yeah, it's on his Instagram right now. I don't see her becoming a superhero. I just want her to be the reporter and the loving mother to John Kent. I can see her maybe having another child one day with the, the dream sequences the Superman occasionally has where he has a daughter. But... For now, just, you know, Lois Lane, keep rocking, keep being Superman's husband and John's uh, mother, and for the future, not much else to say, like, she will always be Superman's go-to, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was also introduced to Lois in Superman the movie, the 1978 film. Uh, like Hunter, I didn't really think much of Lois ever. Um so I was like, all right, she's a reporter. She's Superman's girlfriend slash wife, whatever. Um, then I watched Superman the Animated Series as a kid, which like made me like, wow. I made her, It made me appreciate her more. I was like, all right, she's badass. And then um, then the New 52 was like kind of where I got more into comics. And I was like, oh, man, because Superman and Lois weren't together. Also, Superman was a dick. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Superman and Wonder Woman were together, which I hated. Ugh, terrible. Uh, but then Rebirth came along. Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason took over on Superman, and Superman and Lois were amazing together. I thought they were one of the best comic couples in all of comics. They to are be the honest. best. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it made me like really love them and really appreciate Lois as a character. And I think she becomes severely underrated for people who just think of her as a reporter or just think of her as a love interest. She's a lot more than that, and she's a badass in her own right. And uh, yeah, she's really cool. Um, she looks like she's going to play a big role in the DC Levathon event. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Not yeah. really sure where it'll go. And um, she's getting her own series, apparently, written by uh, Greg Rucka, I believe, who is a famous Batman writer and a famous Wonder Woman writer. So yeah, he has yeah. a great Wonder Woman run and a great uh, – he's done some great Batman work. So – I'm sure it'll be good. I hope it's a mini or a maxi. I don't see that being an ongoing. But yeah, I will probably read it. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I I won't. Hmm. I have to see a, a bit of it first. Like when it was announced that Lois was getting her own series, I wasn't very like, oh my god, I need to read this kind of thing. <laughs> like even if it was a mini series, which I guess it is a mini series, I'm not that much into it as I was when like Murrow was announced to get a mini series. Oh, I just dropped something. Uh, <laughs> I like I liked Murrow's my series, but Murrow's a superhero. Lois isn't really a superhero, so I don't know what to yeah. expect, really. I mean, it was kind of unexpected when Jimmy and Lois both got series announced. Uh, Jimmy by Matt Fraction, who has a famous Hawkeye run, and then uh, Lois by Greg Rucka. So big names attached to those two series. So kind of curious to see where they both go. Yeah, like Lois is more than just a reporter. There's a time in uh, Action Comics Rebirth where she actually hunted down Deathstroke just to get an interview, but she found out where Deathstroke was living at the time, and it shocked Deathstroke himself. So, she's cool. She she knows what she's doing, and she's definitely like more of a reporter. I'm actually in school to be a reporter, so Lois, you inspire me in a way. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. And uh, that's our character of the week, and that's our episode so yeah. if you're listening on itunes we appreciate a five-star review and if you're listening on anywhere else such as spotify soundcloud google we appreciate a follow slash subscribe uh we're coming up on 50 episodes and we're happy to be doing the podcast it's been a lot of fun and yeah it's the highlight of my week making this episode so uh yeah it's great <laughs> for a hero story i'm jd i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero and remember every second is a gift goodbye ah!